Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in the Into Action chapter and we are on page 84, beginning on the fourth line, we will lose interest in selfish things through two sentences Ending with self-seeking will slip away. We'll be commenting on these two sentences only. Today's readers are Susan S.H., Marge O., uh, Pam is the newcomer greeter, and Barb W. is the host. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. meeting, May 29th, 2023, is 20,301. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,302. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Marietta P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. Marietta P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Virginia, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly omitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I thank you for letting me be in service. Thank you, Marietta P. And now I will ask Jim K. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. Jim K. from Minneapolis, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may be, may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeater Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Jim. And today's share ID for Tuesday, May 30th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,304. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your share your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on Into Action, and we are on page 84, beginning with the fourth line, we will lose interest in selfish things. Reading through two sentences, ending with self-seeking, will slip away. We will be commenting on these two sentences only. I will now ask Susan S.H. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in St. Mary's, Ohio. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Well, it's hard to stop reading after those two short paragraphs, but there is so much in that lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. I, I um, 
still amazed, <laughs> still amazed, and I continue to be amazed when when I care that someone is calling and I have other things I'm doing, but I care. And I think I may be able, because of my experience, strength, and hope, to be helpful to someone. Um, it's it still sometimes seems like a new thing for me, although it's, it's been a few years and it grows. Um, I, yeah, a little later where it says sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Yeah, these things grow. And I do look for progress, not perfection. I'll never be a saint. But I have lost interest in many selfish things and gained interest in my fellows. Self-seeking is still around from time to time, I must admit. But like I said, not, not, not a saint. And I don't think I'm going to be perfect but I can I can strive for that, and I am very grateful to have seen that a higher power can give me these things when I need them. Uh, no matter how un, un, uh, undeserving I might think I am, if I turn to my higher power, he is there, and he will help. So, um, yeah, has everything to do with stepping out in faith, the directions that are in the book, and seeing what results come around. And, yeah, I've been amazed again and again, and I look forward to all the, uh, the shares coming up and to every day, amazingly. And I will pass with that. Thank you, Susan S.H. Okay, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on these two sentences starting on page 84 with the fourth line? Lisa B. Lisa B. Cheryl A. Cheryl A. Betty G. Betty G. Letty G. Oh, Letty, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Okay, we'll start with Lisa B, Cheryl A, and then Letty G. Go ahead, Lisa B. Good morning. My name is Lisa B, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and thank you for your service, for everyone that's doing service. Um, You know, I haven't shared in a while, and I knew that this was going to be the reading today, and I just felt a nudge. You know, I really felt inspired to share, and I think the self-pity has been such a painful bondage of self that I've had. And I didn't even know that it was self-pity, but I can remember even as a child, you know, now I know, feeling self-pity, so much self-pity. It's such a pitiful place to be, you know. It is, and it's embarrassing, too, 
to have it exposed and for other people to see. Sometimes it's more comfortable to say I'm depressed rather than I'm in self-pity, you know. And it is a promise that comes from this program. And it, it, it's so amazing how it works, how these steps work. They really do work when I do them from a state of abstinence, a surrendered state, and from the heart. And in the beginning, doing it almost, you know, almost just like, not robotically, but just following the steps and the directions and not always feeling any different, but doing them in faith and knowing that a change is going to happen. But the whole thing for me is it's really being useful to others that I see that I'm free of the self-pity. It's not about analyzing, you know, myself and, oh, am I free of self-pity? But it's picking up the phone and calling others. How are you? What's going on with you? Being a vessel, you know, glorifying my creator by allowing God to change me through this process and radiating this life, this wonderful life that's based in freedom and harmony and love and getting out of self. And, you know, learning way back in the beginning of the beginning part of the book that my constant thought of others, my very life depends on my constant thought of others. And I remember my sponsor going over that with me and sharing that my life does depend on that, even though I'm not yet recovered, even though I'm still so new in this, and exercising that muscle. And it does start with the phone for me with this meeting. This is my home group. This has been my home group now for over seven years. And calling newcomers regularly, calling other recovered fellows, and praying each morning, you know, how can I be useful? Show me how I can be useful. And guess what? The byproduct is joy. There's joy that comes out. And being useful is such a, an amazing experience because for so long I didn't feel useful. But I can be useful and I can encourage others to be useful. This is a blessing and it's truly God's grace. Everything is from God. I can't take credit for anything. Even the willingness that I have today is truly God's grace. Because I talk to so many people that are in pain and they want to be willing, they want to be willing, but it's just not there. And I love the saying, willingness is overrated. It's action. It's what I'm doing in this program. It's what I'm doing. What are my feet doing? So I'm grateful to be here. My name is Lisa. It's L-E-S-A. And I'm grateful to share with anyone on the phone. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Next we have Cheryl A. followed by Letty G. Go ahead, Cheryl. Hi, good morning. This is Cheryl A., Recover Compulsive Overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. And what these lines remind me of is that what I think is not possible is truly possible through working these 12 steps, through taking actions that are counter to my feelings um, a lot of the time. And uh, by doing things differently than than I did before within the context of a spiritual program that just tells me how to live and do. And it just gives me so much hope. Um, it gives me so much hope. Anything is possible. I um, know today that that this is a disease that affects my body, it affects my mind, and it affects my will. And abstinence will will is the first step towards treating my physical symptoms. And right thinking will treat my mind through the process of working. The steps because I don't know how to write think I just don't 
and I I need to work with someone else um, and I need to work with others every single solitary day, every day, because I'll forget who I am one minute to the next. And I have a disease of unmanageability. I have an unmanageability malady that is treated with right action. I, with right action and right thinking and abstinence, within the context of 12 steps, I get to experience these promises. And today, today, I want things to be thrown up on their head. I want to, 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 to see that up is down and down is up. And that the way that I've thought for so many years doesn't have to stay. I don't have to feel useless. I don't have to feel um, so absorbed that, I, that I'm a fish in water with my selfishness. I don't want that anymore today. I'm so filled with hope and willingness to take any action that will take me far, far, far away from the disease. I want the disease to be sort of like over in one corner and I want to go to the other. Um, And what a miracle that I can show up to a meeting with other people and have a like mind to keep going even when it hurts and even when it's painful and even when I just don't think I can do one more thing. There is one little tiny thing, little tiny thing that I can do if it's just to pick up the phone phone to one of you and remember that there are these promises that will tell me that my life will change. And after 35 years of working in this program, I can share just my own experience is that life really does change one day at a time, but it does. And I just have to keep going and not give up and do these things when it's counter to how I feel and when it is consistent with how I feel. What a joy. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Cheryl. Next we have Letty G. Letty, press star one to unmute. Good morning. This is Letty G. from Nevada. I'm incredibly um, moved by this because I'm a compulsive overeater. And in the short time that I have um, been here, uh, I have noticed so many changes. Yes, my outlook on life has changed. After all these years, I'm finally growing up. I am feeling so um, blessed. And I'm also learning that I can't always rely on my feelings, but that if I continue to do the work, there is hope for me in this program. And following the 12 steps has been such a privilege for me. I am truly honored to be part of this group and learning so much. And thank you very much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Letty G. Who else would like to share on these two sentences? Melissa C. Melissa C. Nancy P. Nancy P. Rick J. Quiet morning. Anyone else? 
Ken WH. Ken WH. All right, we'll start with these four. Melissa C. followed by Nancy P. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, at first, like, you're reading this, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, these really aren't very exciting, right? Like, these, these are, I don't know, the quieter promises, <laughs> the looser promises. And then I'm listening this morning, and I realized, like, how truly miraculous this really is, these two sentences are, because it says to lose interest, right, to lose interest in, in selfishness, in myself. And, you know, I I thought for years, I thought what Overeaters Anonymous could promise me was to be stronger. I would get stronger than the things that I'm interested in. I would somehow get this rush of willpower. I still thought that I was going to be able to muscle my way and, and use some self-reliance and willpower so that I wouldn't have to do the things that I always wanted to do. And and these promises are so much more powerful than that. It's actually to lose interest. And, you know, I think about my selfishness, and, and yeah, some of it's like, you know, the things that I want to do, the things that, you know, very, you know, self-absorbed um, kind of activities, right? But some of it is like, my way, you know, the way that I see the world, that's my selfishness, that I've got this self-centered view of life, and it's where I'm smack dab in the middle, and I actually, through these, you know, these 12 steps, I'm losing interest in that, this this having to have my way, having to have my perspective, and I had an incredible um, reminder of this. Two things happened over the weekend. One is, you know, the thing that I always wanted to lose interest in that I never thought I could lose interest in is the food. And those of us that have experienced food neutrality, you know, which is really, they talk about it more in the 10-step promises, but, um, you know, it's worth mentioning here is, is like, yeah, I'm not really interested in those things. And, you know, I was at a barbecue and someone who didn't know me very well, um, you know, doesn't know the way I eat, the way that I live, made a comment very, you know, jokingly and said, oh, you're trying to make us all feel bad, like you're not eating, you know, you're, and, and I realized um, I have no interest, I mean, just no interest in it, and that's awesome, right, that's amazing, and that's awesome, and then, you know, the next morning, I happened to talk to my sister, and my whole life, I always had this need, this desire to be included in everything, in every party, in every event. Nothing could ever happen without me right there. That was my selfishness. My sister called me to apologize because there happened to be like a last-minute impromptu gathering of my siblings, and she was like, oh, my God, I felt so bad. You weren't here, and, and you know, and it was, and I realized, oh, my God, I there wasn't a piece of me that was offended or felt left out or any of that because I have, these are the promises that I've experienced for me. I was actually happy that my siblings were together and it was a-okay that I wasn't there and I didn't, you know, and so that's what I get from this today. Um, and, and that's truly miraculous that we lose interest in ourselves. Um, thanks for that. I'll tell you. Thank you, Melissa C. 
Next we have Nancy P. followed by Rick J. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, good morning, Julie. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. I could never have imagined also losing interest in myself because I just thought, I'm so interesting <laughs> to me. You know, my attitude was, enough about me. What do you think about me? Please talk about me, 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 and do everything for me. And <clears throat> and if I were doing things for other people, it was always transactional. You know, I'm doing this for you. What are you going to do for me? And today, um, I don't, it doesn't trip me up. I can't say that I don't have any interest in self. You know, I'm human. So, of course, all of us do sometimes, you know, have selfish self come up and bite us. Um, but I am no longer crippled by it. And, um, you know, the third, I'm not into prayer too much, but, you know, the third step prayer says, relieve me of the bondage of self, not food or alcohol. Mine the problem. And I need to get, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to stop being tangled up in that stuff. And, um, you know, gaining interest in my fellows is what keeps me recovered. That to me is an oblique reference to the 12th step, service to others. Nothing ensures immunity more than intensive work with other alcoholics and compulsive readers. And I'm never not going to need to do those things. I'm always going to need to do for other people. And today, luckily, it strengthens me and makes me serene. I comprehend the word serenity and I know peace because of that. I seek counsel from others and miraculously my life smooths out in front of me. I never assume that I can do anything myself. I just don't anymore. I I, I want other people's feedback, opinions, um, people who I trust and respect. I, I seek that out. And, um, and you know, my life is i mean it's more precious than rubies and and i'm filled with light and joy and buoyancy as everybody else before me has said they just their lives are amazing and um and my life is a regular life you know i go to the grocery store i go to the dry cleaner i you know i keep library books overdue i you know i do everything like that and um and you know the idea of sponsoring and calling other people and listening to them and perhaps offering counsel when I'm when my counsel is sought, um, to have a very light touch with that, I hope. Um, those are things that, that feed me in a way that food never could. And, um, you know, my relationship with food is locked in place. It's in the rearview mirror. I don't have to think about it. I have my, my little mechanisms that I, I use when I travel, which I'm, I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going away for two and a half weeks. And, um, and I'm not worried about it. This will be my fifth trip to Europe and with no trouble with food at all And um, since I recovered. And, and I don't have to be thinking five moves ahead. If I were, if I were a, a grand ch- chess champion instead of a compulsive overreader, I would rule the world because I can think 12 moves ahead and know where everything is and what I need to do to get there and all that. And I don't have to – that is exhausting to me today. I love looking at my feet and making sure the only thing I need to worry about is are they moving forward and not doing the Texas two-step. And, um, you know, my life today, the the journey itself is the destination, and it all starts with one thing. Say it with me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Next, we have Rick J. followed by Ken W.H. Go ahead, Rick. Rick J. Uh, thank I mean. you, Julie. Um, 
good to be here. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Julie. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really struck by, um, you know, these two promises. To me, they, they're huge. Um, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, like looking back on 62, <laughs> that that selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, that's the root of my troubles, just like it says. And I am, you know, I have been driven by a hundred forms of fear and self-delusion and self-seeking and self-pity, you know, and I've, I've been an extreme example of self-will run riot. And, you know, it says we must be rid of this selfishness. We must where it kills us and God makes that possible. This God of my understanding you know, if I really believe that, if I'm buying into this, if I'm going forward with this belief that this power greater than myself can restore me, you know, and remove that selfishness that's killing me, just like it says, then this going through the inventory process steps forward. And now we're, you know, we're in nine and we started it. We're, we're not even halfway through, but we're feeling the spiritual transformations begin and that's all the promises are it's just descriptions of spiritual transformation and it's not just here it's it's throughout the book as we go through these steps as we go through this spiritual program of action we begin to change we begin to change um and you know i um i conduct my life now in a way that's counterintuitive to the way I used to when I was living in a world of self-centeredness and selfishness, you know, um, and, and life is challenging. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, going through my last round of chemo coming up here this week. And, and right now I'm, I'm also up at my, uh, you know, with my parents and my sister and we're making funeral arrangements for my dad. I was with him on Friday and he passed away. You know, and my first instinct, especially in the old days, would be, you know, all right, you guys deal with this and tell me what, you know, just tell me when to show up for the service, you know. And, um, you know, and writing my dad's obituary, you know, I was just struck at what a beautiful life he led. And, uh, you know, and all the things that, you know, the promises that are, you know, that are coming true for me, you know, my, my dad lived in these promises he was just a you know he was very religious which i'm not but he was also very spiritual which i can relate to you know i love that relationship with a god of my understanding and without that i have nothing but me i'm not doing this it's a spiritual program of action and that releasing anything that's blocking me from this power and connecting to that power through the steps we're changing i'm changing you know but it's if i don't do the the actions i will revert back to my selfish self-centered self my factory default settings and just good to be here with everybody with that i pass thank you rick j next we have ken wh Thank you. This is uh, Ken W.H., uh, Recover Compulsive Eater in North Carolina. Um, <laughs> I am um, personally deeply moved by what I've been hearing in this meeting. Um, there was a time I wouldn't have cared two cents uh, 
for what's going on in your life or anybody's life. Um, mine is what mattered. Just my um, my sensual satisfaction, so to speak, and every addiction that I've <laughs> dealt with in my life was all about sensual satisfaction. And it's so empty. It's always been so empty. I just didn't know it. I thought it was everything I ever wanted. Um, I've lost interest in those things that used to just completely rule my life. Money, uh, property, and prestige, all of those things. Uh, that's what I wanted. I, I wanted the Mercedes convertible when I had absolutely no money in my pocket. Um, that's all gone. Uh, that's all pointless to me today. And um, Because God has, has done an amazing thing. He, he's taking taken this very, very uh, self-centered, selfish, self-centered self, as we just heard, and um, turned it into somebody who cares about others. And um, it just uh, it breaks my heart to see people in uh, pain or uh, dealing with loss and dealing with uh, significant life issues, as um, some of us here are. And... Um, and I can't believe I can feel those things today. That's all brand new. That's changed life. And um, that's pure miracle. That's purely God's work. Um, uh, yeah, I've had to participate. And uh, I've had to, to do the action. And yet it took the power of God in, in me, in my heart, um, to turn that around. And I needed to do that surrender 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 uh to to all that i thought was life and uh pick up a simple kit of spiritual tools as laid out in the book and and live into a new life so uh, i'm just really really grateful uh to be here today and uh, just a shout out to brother my brother take care y'all thanks for letting me share thank you ken for those who just joined us, we are reading uh, two sentences on page 84, starting with the fourth line, we will lose interest in selfish things. Reading through two sentences, ending with self-seeking will slip away. Who would like to read or share? Vasa O. Vasa O. Katie G. Rachel P. Katie G. Rachel P. Amy G. Amy G. Darian K. Darian King. All right, let's start with this. Vasa O, followed by Katie G, then Rachel. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxboro, Massachusetts. And uh, when I came to the program for the first time at the first meeting, and I heard the promises. And I remember saying, this is too good to be true. This will never, never happen to me. I was at the lowest point in my life, you know, with the food addiction, which I didn't know was food addiction, emotions, spirituality. And I had, I, had, I guess they called it, I, was, I had an empty hole in my heart. 
and I try to fill it in with things and with food, boyfriends, husband, house, children, material things. You know, I did not know what I did not know. And I, you know, it was just a miracle that I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous. And I did pray before I found the program. And I was not one of those people that prayed much, you know. And I remember praying to God one time, coming from shopping, and I remember saying to God, "Boy, if you are there, God, please show me, give me a hint, give me a sign where you are. You know, I want to know, I want to know you, but I can't see you, I can't touch you, so please help me, show me. Well, not too long after that, I was brought to Overeaters Anonymous. I had no clue about food addiction. I didn't know any clue about anything. And I needed to put everything aside that, aside that I knew and start all over. And for me, my sponsors of us are surrender, you know, because I've been depending on my, my own power, my own strength for the food addiction and everything else, or dependent on other, power, on other people's power. Well, you know, gradually I needed to surrender with the food addiction first. And my sponsor said, you know, we have to put the food down clean house, and help others. And it was just amazing. I had never heard that before. Clean house? Well, my house is the cleanest house in the neighborhood. What are you talking about? Well, she said the inside of ourselves. Oh, okay. So that means step four and five. Oh, I didn't want to do it. It was scary. You know, who wants to go and tell people about my, you know, whatever we just read here, self-seeking will slip away. A whole, uh, no, no, self-pity. I was full of self-pity. It's poor me. I can't put this food down. Why? What's wrong with me? Um, my, I was very much into the appearance of my body, very much in, you know, into looking good. All those years suffered, you know, with going on all kinds of diets, and nothing, nothing worked. So I thought I was very loving and I thought I was very caring because I was such a people pleaser. I was a caretaker. Why are they saying to me I'm selfish, you know? Well, you know, I did all those things because I wanted to make myself good or people to love me. Well, I did things, I'll wrap it up, that I did things backwards and all of a sudden these people are trying to do it differently, but this is the only way way has worked for me and helping others. I'm so grateful. My sponsor and my programs and tools, everything, I would have never been here without that. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, next we have Katie G followed by Rachel P. Go ahead, Katie. Hey, Julie. Thanks for your service and good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. You know, in We Agnostics, it talks about letting, setting aside the drink problem. We talked about why we made such heavy going of life. And thinking of me, my whole life is really heavy going. Um, you know, and I, I have had a transformation. Um, one of the things that they say to you when you're going to be a mom is like, um, you know, you're going to have to learn how to put your kids first. And I was like, mm. I'm going to be honest and tell you, like, there were days that my kids needed me, and I sat there in fury. 
right? Like this beautiful child that I had worked so hard for, um, you know, needed me to sit with her all day and I was devastated. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my body? You know, my biggest fear, as most of you know, my biggest fear from the time that I was little was being fat. And that can still drive me if I'm not careful. But I want to share some miracles. Um, you know, this past Sunday, um, my husband and I, we've we've been, you know, trying to get the girls' clothes together. And, um, and my husband was just so persistent on going through all the closets and everything. And I wanted to go for a walk. I wanted to get my time in, you know, and in the past, I would have completely obliterated my husband and looked over the fact that he had just spent three hours with my children while I got to do service for Overeaters Anonymous, um, taking care of their clothes, you know, and thanks be to God today because I'm not exercising, because I, my face isn't face down in the, in the food, and my face isn't face down in exercise, in the scale, thank you for my accountability partner. You know, I get to show up and I get to have an entire day, maybe not in my head giving myself to him, but I gave myself to him. I recently had major surgery, and I have to tell you, like, I, in the, I've been through mul- multiple medical traumas all year, and, um, and I was not concerned about my food. I was concerned about my family. I spent about a month before the surgery making sure that my family was going to be able to get to school, the dog was going to be taken care of, and they were going to be fed. Why? Because I trust God. Because I know that God takes care of me. Now, I weighed and measured the broccoli. Like, don't get me wrong. I still have to shop, chop, and, you know, chew, like all of that. But I can't, but I'm not worried anymore about me. And finally, um, my mom, who has been my greatest um, teacher in my life, came to visit me. And guess what? It wasn't perfect. But when everything fell apart, I was not concerned about telling her, you know, how she hurt me. I wanted her to tell me what I could do differently, and how I could change to be a better daughter for her. And that, to me, is progress. I'm never going to be rid of it, but, man, are things getting better. So I'm going to keep showing up, God willing. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. And next we have Rachel P. followed by Amy G. Go ahead, Rachel. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania, and thank you so much, everyone, for your service today. Um, what came to mind reading these sentences is, you know, this idea of selfishness, and, you know, I think about, like, BR and AR, like, before recovery and after recovery, and, and before recovery, um, before I got recovered, I did not think I was selfish at all. Like, I read, you know, chapters and paragraphs and sentences in this book about selfishness and I dismissed that initially I thought I'm not selfish um I I'm not I hate myself therefore I'm not selfish and that's really what I thought for the longest time that you know I'm I'm so self-sacrificing you know I'm so generous I'm so giving I'm so nice like that's kind of what I was known for like being being a nice person and then I later learned um that all of that came from a place of selfishness and wanting wanting to be overly nice so that other people will like me, so that I won't be alone, et cetera. Um, so I, I've learned as a result of doing this work that I was extremely selfish um, in my disease. Uh, just because I hated myself doesn't mean I wasn't selfish. 
right? Self-hatred is, is a form of self-obsession. Um, so, so these, these steps in my higher power have totally shifted, you know, my, my understanding of that. And, you know, before recovery, um, you know, just the, what I wanted my life to look like and, and the goals that I had and, and the purpose or lack thereof that I had was just so much in, in this, this, from this place of fear and scarcity and loneliness and, and self, right? Self-hatred and recovery has given me a new purpose. And it really is all about being of service to other people, right? Carrying the message, um, regardless of whether it's, it's somebody in this program or outside of this program, somebody I interact with in my work, in my day-to-day -day life, you know, it's just what, what God draws me to is being of service to other people. And I still very much get stuck in, in self, in scarcity, in fear, right? But that's why we have to do this work, these steps. Um, you know, I can, I can seek God in getting out of that in breaking free from that selfishness, you know, because I, I just love this, this saying that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? And, and the fourth element of spirituality is being in service to other people, being available to other people. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel P. Next, we have Amy G. followed by Darian K. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for a wonderful meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Yeah, I, I too love these two sentences, and I'm not sure I'm going to be saying anything new, but it bears repeating. This whole idea of self-seeking will slip away. Well, if my self is slipping away, what am I then going to be seeking? And the beauty of this program makes it very clear through the process of putting the food down and working the 12 steps. It's my relationship with God, my higher power. And as others have said, that how my higher power changes me, how God asks me to serve others. But the beauty of that service is that I know it ensures immunity for my own recovery, but what I found in my new purpose, my new outlook on life, was the absolute joy to be of service. Like when it was all about me, myself, and I, I thought that's where I would find my joy was in serving Amy. It never occurred to me that in serving others, I would not only find purpose, a relationship with God, but also I would find joy. I mean, we talk about it in working with others. Life will take on new meaning to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience or an outlook, you might say, you must not miss. We know you will not miss it, right? This is the joy of this recovery program is my outlook on life now is not only about self. Again, that's my default, as others have said. I don't think we ever rise above being human, but the reality is in my God-seeking now, I have found a new outlook and a new purpose and a new joy. My happiness and my contentment and my peace and serenity come from getting out of myself. Lo and behold, who'd have thought it, right, was to get out of myself, my mental obsession, right, and to be able to look outward towards others. And the beauty of that process happens day in and day out. And I can look back after 35 years with such gratitude to say that I have changed. I'm not cured, but I have changed. A personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. How miraculous is that 
by doing the work, asking God for help, and then serving others. This is an amazing program. You will not want to miss it, as they say. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And next we have Darian Kay. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good morning. This is Darian Kay in the Berkshire of the Massachusetts, recovered for today, and so grateful to be on the line on this beautiful sunny morning with all of you. Um, just so grateful um, to hear all the shares and, you know, blessings to the people who are dealing with loss. Um, you know, I just am amazed at what we can share with each other. Um, that's what it's, that's what it's all about. That's the, that self-seeking will disappear. We will, we will lose interest in ourselves, you know, and we'll actually feel and, and be, you know, so much more empathetic. That's what I work on. I really, really do. I'm not really good at that, um, I must say. And I, you know, I continually work on that on a daily basis. I pray for that on a daily basis because I want to, um, you know, be more interested in others and feel what they're feeling and put myself in their shoes. And, you know, I know, I know like, like one plus one is two, like intellectually, but I just, don't always know it in my heart. And uh, so I learn. I learn and I grow. And like I said, I pray. I pray for that, that willingness to, um, to look outside myself. And, um, you know, like someone had said, it's a joy to work with others and to, um, to do service for others. And, you know, just, you know, making the phone calls and being a sponsor, um, you know, and, and, you know, going to meetings and seeing others and just feeling that joy in my heart after all these years. I mean, it's, you know, 36 years for me coming to these meetings and this program, and I still feel like doing cartwheels <laughs> when I see people at meetings and, and hear voices. I just I am so thrilled with this meeting and this program, and I hope that, um, like I said, I grow in empathy um, and and just continue being open-minded, right? Honest, open-minded, and willing to do the work so that I can, you know, become a better person on a daily basis. And um, you know, and that and being being um, less self-centered makes me more attractive. I think that you know that that just goes hand in hand because when we're self-seeking and we're just thinking about ourselves. I don't know. I just feel like an ugly person. Like I'm just, it's all about me and I don't care about you. And that just sounds awful. <laughs> and I don't want to be that way today. So thank God I have this program um, and, you know, an open mind to learn. And I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Gary and Kay. All right. For those of um, you who just joined us, we are sharing on um, two sentences on page 84, beginning with the fourth line, we will lose interest in selfish things, through two sentences, ending with self-seeking will slip away. And we have time for maybe two shares. Who would like to share? Riska Iron, Baltimore. Riska my, name, my name is Sarah in uh, Pennsylvania. Your last initial? Your, your first KF. Name, your last name? KF. Okay, I'll have, okay, I'll wait till you get online. Okay, Riska, go ahead. Me or writing? Oh, sorry. Riska. Riska, okay. go ahead. 
Good morning, everyone. Um, Rivka R., con- uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, first of all, thank you so much for all the powerful, powerful shares this morning, like writing and writing and writing. Um, but what's, what struck me this morning was the line, self-seeking will slip away. And I thought, gosh, how gentle is that? Like, I don't have to fight with myself. I don't have to push myself away. Like, God allows that to happen. And it says, like, a little light banishes a lot of darkness. And my job is just to know when myself, you know, is is keeping me in the dark. And I can only see myself, and I'm in self-delusion and self-pity. And I loved when someone said that, you know, I... I'm finally growing up like, yeah, little kids, you know, that all they care about. They don't care if they're waking up their mommy, you know, they need their whatever they need, you know, like, and and that's the way that I was with life, like oh, holding on to myself and what I wanted because I, there was so much fear, so much self-delusion, so much self-pity. And the 12 steps just shows me how to turn on that light like that. I'm so grateful. To, to know that that, that that their possibility today to be able to do that. And then I realized that for something to slip away, I first have to let go. Like nothing's going to slip away if I'm holding on really tight. So whether it's, you know, my agenda, my food, my this, my emotions, my feelings, what, I first have to just notice, hey, I'm holding on really tight. I'm really resisting life here in, in some way. And and that's when I can let go, and that's when God allows the darkness to slip away, that self-sleep to slip away. And um, like everyone said, it, it just restores my perspective, restores my balance, restores my maturity, restores my connection. And, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's such a much better way to live. So thanks so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you very much, Riska. And, Sarah, we have about a minute if you'd like to go ahead. Morning, family. Grateful to be able to speak. For 16 years, I had been in program and never done the big book. And during that time, a person that I was closer than close with dumped me, had no idea. She wouldn't communicate. And all I kept thinking about was, how could she do this to me? How could she do this to me? I went mental over it. Then I got a new sponsor, and we started working the big book. What a revelation that perhaps my behavior did something to upset somebody so much that they didn't want to have dealings with me. I always thought I was taking care of myself when I was really self-centered and self-seeking. And through the knowledge and the work with my wonderful sponsor, I was, I was able to get a new view on life. It's just not me, me, me. It's the people I love, people in program that I need to be here for. And I have very, very strong relationships with people. And I am there for them by the grace of God and program. And also by the grace of God and program, I could say to them, please, if I do something that aggravates you, don't dump me. Tell me what I've done. So maybe I could be a better service to you and be a better person and have a life that program, you know, offers. 
I have been a good ear to friends, and they have been a good ear for me. And all I can say is, even though it took 16 years, I finally got to the big book. And as you all know, what a revelation. And so I'm more interested in being there for my friends. My needs I take care of, not at their expense. I have a therapist, whatever. If I have problems, I don't dump. Thank you so much for letting me speak. Grateful to be on program this morning. Sarah K.F. from Pennsylvania. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And again, today's share ID for the set at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,304. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Marge O., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning again. Marge O. from Walpole, Massachusetts, recovered but not cured. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank you, Marge O. Oh. 